you may notice that uh, Pastor Andrew's not here right now. And, um, and so we have a special guest speaker today, Don, uh, Don Rogers Jr. He's been a son of this house for a long time and been um, affiliated with this house since 1993, even though he was uh, on a not a break, but uh, even though he was working with YWAM for nine of those years, we are thrilled to have him and his um, family. Heather, was, uh, Heather, his wife, was up on stage with the worship team. Uh, and um, I just am excited to hear what God is going to impart to us through the words that he shares this morning. And so, May I just pray for us before, um, before he comes to the stage. And so, Father, prepare our hearts to receive all that you would have us to receive. God, give us ears that hear what you want to speak. God, I pray that um, as Don just shares the words that you have um, imparted to him, God, that they will just strike an arrow into our hearts. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Welcome, Don. Thank you, Sue. Good morning, neighborhood. Andrew contacted me yesterday and asked if I'd step in for him. So I'm the backup quarterback. And uh, I may be coming off the bench a little bit rusty, a little bit cold, but uh, as we cruise down the field, I'm not going to throw any interceptions. So are you with me? All right, let's do this. All right. So after I got off the phone with Andrew yesterday, took some time to pray, took some time to ponder about what to share, prayed a little bit more. And then I did something super spiritual. I went in and I took a nap. Yeah, we're talking about new rhythms, right? So over the past eight weeks, we've been talking about what's it look like to set new rhythms. Uh, Andrew puts it, new rhythms, unmerited new rhythms of grace, I think is how he's been couching it. And so we want to spend a little bit of time and circle back around and take a look at some of those right quick before we jump into something new. So, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Get my notes here. What are these new rhythms of grace that have really resonated with you? And I'm just going to name off some of them. And I want you to, by show of hands, just to show, kind of so we can take a pulse you follow with me? We take a pulse and see which ones are really resonating with you. So, first one is the light yoke of Christ. You remember that? Talking about Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden is light. How many of you really resonate with that? Wanting to let go of the old in order to take hold of the new. In order to take hold of the, the light yoke of Christ. Okay. Another one that we had was um, silence and solitude, especially in the midst of all the noise of the culture around us. 
That resonate with you? Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know about you, but I really have to carve out times where I can get away just from the buzz. And I live in a house full of women. I'm blessed. But I kid you not, there's always stuff going on. There's music in the background. There might be the TV on. There could be movies. There could be all sorts of stuff. And for me, some of the best ways that I can get away and experience the Lord is just to go outside and work in the yard. And I find that's a place of solitude, a place of rest. Or even late in the evening, being able to take a hold of that time when all of the devices have been turned off and it's just me and the Lord being able to process together. So I know that resonates with many of you. Uh, Letting go of the old in order to embrace the new. I know that in so much of what we do in life, it's been because we've been conditioned. It's how we've always done things. It's worked for us. But you know the definition of insanity? It's doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. Well, the cool thing about this season that we're in, this season of new rhythms of grace, is being able to recognize those things along with the Holy Spirit in order to let go of the old things that do not work for us anymore, to be able to take a hold of the things that are from God, from his kingdom perspective, and being able to say yes to those things so that we can move forward in new rhythms. Does that resonate with anybody? Yeah, good. Here's something else for me that has just been fantastic this year. For a number of years, I have basically used my electronic planner, my phone, to schedule my life. But yet, one of the things I've been doing this year was going back old school and having just a paper planner. And what I really appreciate about this is not only does it allow me to plan out the week, but also to map out the things that really are on my heart to be able to do, the things that I want to be successful with. And then the beauty of this specific planner is it allows me at the end of the week to evaluate and to recognize where are the areas of success and also where are the areas where there's opportunity for improvement. And so I want to encourage you to look for things that work for you. We are surrounded by technology. We are drowning in technology. But sometimes the old stuff works fantastic. Sometimes going analog, so to speak, helps us to be able to come centered and focused and really count the blessings. Listening for God's voice. For my family and I, especially as we approach the end of one year and we look forward to a new year, we desire to press in and see what the Holy Spirit wants to say to us. What is a word of the Lord for us for the year? 
And Heather, my wife, started doing this a number of years ago. I was a little bit slower on the uptake, but I would say about five years ago, I really started paying attention to the words of the Lord that my wife was getting and realized I needed that as well. So started inquiring of the Holy Spirit. What is it you have for me? What's going to be your key word or your key phrase for me for the the new year to come? And so as I look back over the last three years, and this is kind of a period of time where we start inviting our girls into this process as well. I want to share with you some of the key words over the last three years that really resonated with us. As 2019 came to a close and 2020 was beginning out, I heard, get healthy. And so that became the word of the Lord for 2020. And you know the rest of the story. It wasn't too much after the beginning of the new year that COVID hit the fan and the pandemic caused this global shutdown. And so this word of the Lord get healthy, was very timely. And that had many implications. You know, it wasn't just physically, but it's looking at the whole, the holistic approach to life, spirit, soul, and body, and family, and relationships, and interacting in the world around me. What's it look like to be in a place of health, a place of wholeness? Uh, as 2020 started unfolding, My wife, Heather, uh, just had it on her heart to begin a master's degree in educational leadership. And we were living out in Hawaii at the time, working with YWAM Kona and University of the Nations. And she recognized that this would be a value for her to continue on with her education. And thankfully, she was able to do it remotely. And uh, that was part of the process of 2020 of getting healthy. Also, we started hearing from the Holy Spirit that he's going to reposition us back here to the West Coast. And for our family, that was a major upheaval. My girls were hostile to the idea at first because they had grown up in Hawaii. Hawaii was their grid. Hawaii was their life, their their friends, their school, the culture, everything about it resonated with them. And for us, logistically, being able to look out what it might take to be able to uproot our family from Hawaii and to move back to the West Coast, the divesting of different belongings, sale of a house, a stepping away from a team of individuals that I worked with with the University of the Nations that my wife had been working with in her respective ministry as well, and being able to set people up for success as we were slowly stepping out from that little place out in the middle of the Pacific, back across the pond here to Chico. As 2020 came to a close and 2021 was beginning, there was a new word, release, a year of transitions, very timely considering everything that was on our hearts. We were continuing on with divesting of things, getting ready to sell the house. Um, Heather was in the knee-deep in the middle of her master's degree program. The girls were ending up their year of school out in Kona. And 
we were rustling with just all the things that were going on. And for us collectively as a family, stress and tension was like right here. We felt like we were dog paddling in the midst of the year. My family came out in June, my mom and dad, and we got to see them. And it was a little bit of a vacation, a little bit of a respite. And so we're super thankful for that. Um, We moved out here the first week of August. And unbeknownst to any of us, that would be the week that my dad, Don Sr., would go into ICU at Enloe being being diagnosed with West Nile virus. And so we stepped out of the stress and moving from Hawaii with a hard landing here in Chico. And unbeknownst to us, over the next four months would be the roller coaster of dad's declining health and eventual home going to Jesus in November. And then Heather wrapping up her master's degree in December and a big sigh of relief, a collective sigh of relief for all of us. So that was 2021, a year of release. And little did I know there'd be so much that we as individuals or as a family would be releasing to the Lord. And never in my life have I been so thankful for one year to come to a close and for a new year to begin. So I was looking forward to hearing the word of the Lord for 2022. New wineskins, new rhythms, new rhythms. Andrew started talking about new rhythms of grace. So realizing it's not just for me, not just for my family, but he's doing something new. God is doing something new in this time. It's a time of reset. And so I'm super thankful for what 2022 has on the horizon and realizing I don't want to miss the boat for any of it. And I want to encourage you, don't miss the boat for what the Holy Spirit wants to do in and through you over this year with new rhythms of grace for your life for your relationships, for your sphere of influence, wherever it is you work, wherever it is you pour in, for this community, for our nation, and unto the ends of the earth. I believe God's got great things in store for us. You know, you look back at the promises that were over the year of 2020. 2020 was the year of the Bible. There was world leaders that were involved in different spheres of of Christendom, whether it was YWAM and the leader of YWAM, Lauren Cunningham, advocating for the year of the Bible, ending Bible poverty all over in different parts of the world where they haven't heard of the gospel. Pope Francis, the leaders of the Coptic church down in Egypt, and uh, leaders of the uh, Eastern Orthodox Church in Eastern Europe, all of these folks were getting together with different people. There's a group of folks called Table 21, which is all the major ministries in the United States in Western 
uh, Europe and whatnot that are involved in evangelical, evangelical ministries. All of them were saying, yes, this is the year of the Bible. This is the year that we go after translation for the least, the last, and the lost. This is the year that we hold 20 stadium events around the United States, gathering people to rally, to pray, to contend for the Bible to go out, to reach the least, the last, and lost. That was the plan for 2020. Well, you know the rest of the story. 2020 was a train wreck. But God is not finished. God is not finished. And he's been redeeming that since that period of time. And if you look at online presence and video conferencing, Zoom, live stream, all the different capabilities that we didn't even know about a year and a half ago, all these things have been leveraged powerfully to reach not just thousands, but millions of people around the world. The gospel is going out. It is marching out to the ends of the earth, to the least, the last, and the lost. Are you with me? I want to take a look at a new rhythm today. And our friends in the back have the book of Ephesians chapter one ready to go for us. And I want to encourage you to take out your phone, turn on your Bible. We're going to look at Ephesians in the New Living Translation. If you don't have it in New Living Translation with you, it'll be up on the board here. And we're going to do an old school responsive, corporate responsive reading. Okay? Many of you have done this before. And so I'm going to divide basically the group in half right through here. So if I point to you all, you're going to be reading the blue section. If I point to you all, you're going to be reading the white section. Okay? Sound good? Why don't you all stand up with me? Let's do this together. Let's make this an activity. Get the blood flowing. I'll read this introduction from Paul, from the Apostle Paul. And then when I point to this section over here, you guys, blue, I want you to read it out loud. Then when I point to you all, it'll be the white section. Are we good to go? Good to go with that? This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace.
of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. It is so rich, so powerful, so full of hope. This is the gospel. This is the gospel of hope. We take a hold of this. We embrace this. This sets the tone for our lives. We're so grateful for your your servant, the Apostle Paul, and for the richness and the texture of what he has written here. We just give you thanks, Jesus. It is powerful. It has the capability of transforming our lives. So as we unpack these passages, help us to to be able to grasp hold of the revelation that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Just go ahead and sit down. Didn't that feel good to read through that? Sometimes we take like a little passage of scripture. We're going to dial down on a little passage of scripture today but it feels good to be able to see it in context. To be able to get some of the flavor of what God has and the writer's hearts behind it. So we're so grateful for you all being able to read through that. And hopefully, hopefully as I unpack a few things here with you, you will, you will recognize these. So we read through 23 verses in chapter 1. And the first 10 verses of chapter two. And here's a couple things that just really stood out to me as I was looking at this. This phrase, united with Christ, it occurred four times in those 33 verses. 
it appears two more times in the balance of chapter two, united with Christ. Three times we see God's holy people. Repeat that after me. I'm God's holy people. I am God's holy people. Let that sink in. You are God's holy people. Six times we see that God is rich in grace and kindness. Six times. I think the apostle Paul is trying to make a point here. Two times we see we are his people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Have you ever thought of yourselves in those terms? You are his rich and glorious inheritance. And then lastly, three times, the Apostle Paul refers to heavenly realms. Referring to us twice in Christ once. And this is what we're going to talk about today. If you want to take a look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6. We're going to unpack this little passage in the side of the context of chapter one and chapter two, because I believe that it has to do with new rhythms of grace for us for this year. And I've been wrestling with this one for the last six months. And I'm going to tell you a story about that wrestling. So I mentioned earlier that, uh, Heather and the girls and I arrived here in August, the first week of August, when my dad went into the hospital with West Nile virus. And it was rough seeing him. On his good days, it was crummy because he was hooked up to all sorts of different mechanisms to sustain his life. And on the bad days, it was terrible. But the Holy Spirit started speaking to me about what it means to be seated in heavenly realms, being seated in heavenly places. Verse six says this, for he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Let me read that again. For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. As I'd go in and see my dad at the hospital, over and over again, the Holy Spirit would prompt me to speak that over him because he was incapacitated in the physical, but yet I knew his spirit man, the eternal spirit man, that Christ had revived, was seated in heavenly places with God. And I kid you not, it is a mystery. I still don't understand it all, but I've had different friends that have helped me unpack it, this concept, and realizing this is one of those truths of scripture that is valuable. It's priceless for us to be able to grasp. Because if we could understand that even though our present circumstances could be crummy for a variety of reasons. Could be health-wise, relationally, economically. 
could be the deterioration of culture around us. Or conflicts, wars and rumors of wars out there somewhere beyond the horizon. Whatever the case may be, even though situation could be crummy here on the ground, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Let that sink in for a minute. My hope is that this is going to be a paradigm shifter for you. It's been a paradigm shifter for me as I've been processing this over the last six months. Here's a tangible example of what it looks like. So a couple of years ago, none of us had even heard of Zoom, right? What is Zoom? We were accustomed to FaceTime. And, you know, there's a bunch of other platforms that are out there, WhatsApp and Google Meet and different things like that. But yet, Zoom? What's that? But now, who here has not heard of Zoom or been on a Zoom call or seen somebody on a screen that is communicating with somebody else via a Zoom call or live stream or fill in the blank, any one of these other types of video applications. So this is what it looks like. You are seated at home, at your desk, or on your bed with your pajamas down below and all business on top, whatever the case may be. Trust me, I've been there. We've done that. And yet you are communicating with somebody else halfway across the globe or down the street. My wife, Heather, does this all the time. She is the director of this this ministry of YWAM called Educating for Life. And a couple times a week, she is on Zoom calls. Whether it was in Hawaii when we lived out in Kona or here in Chico, at different times of the day, she might be jumping on a call with people as varied as East Africa or Southern Africa, Indonesia, Barbados, Pennsylvania, Cambodia, Indiana, myriad of other places, different time zones, different geographic locations with different people that are as blurry-eyed as she is, but yet they're able to connect. It's kind of like being seated in heavenly places. You're here, but yet you're there. It's hard to fathom. It's hard to grasp, I know. I'm still wrestling with it. But yet the Apostle Paul talks about it. He refers to these spiritual realms. And because we are in Christ, because we have embraced the gospel of hope, the gospel of the kingdom, we have a new paradigm that we can live in. We can be here just like the Apostle Paul described of his exploits, sometimes being in prison, locked up between a couple other guys, but yet celebrating in a miserable situation because he knew he was seated in heavenly places, seated in heavenly realms. His heart was comforted. He was able to embrace that truth that not only sustained him, but brought clarity to the entire situation.
So as my dad was in the hospital, I would pray that over him. I would speak to his spirit man and say, I know you're in a place of strength. You're in a place of peace. Even though your present situation is crummy, you're in a place of victory. You're in a place of hope. You are in a place of rest. You are in a place of focus. Stuff doesn't make sense here on the ground, but it makes sense because you are in the presence of the King of Kings. We all focus, we all rustle at times with these things, finding rest, especially in the midst of the busy world that we live in, nonstop busyness, feeling like we're pushed and pulled. But yet Jesus says, I want to give you rest. I want to exchange your weariness for rest. He says he wants to exchange the chaos around us for his shalom peace. He wants to exchange our weakness, our feebleness for his joy. In his presence, there's fullness of joy and his joy is our strength. He wants to exchange the confusion of the world around us for his focus, his clarity in the mind of Christ. And he wants to exchange our failures, our feelings of defeat for victory that is found in Christ. That's what he wants to do. He wants to establish this new rhythm within our lives of recognizing where our strength, where our vitality, where our life comes from. And it's not from the things of this world. You know this. This world will not satisfy. It is from him and it is from his throne. And the cool thing about it is we're already there. Even though our physical bodies are here, our soul is here. Our spirit man is alive in Christ because we are in Christ and we are there seated with him in a place of victory. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's take a hold of this as a new rhythm of this year of being able to look at what it, what it might look like on a day-to-day basis to live in that place of victory, being seated in heavenly places. I'm going to look at my chicken scratch notes here for a second. Hold on. I want to ask you this. 
I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I'm going to ask you, what does it look like for you to develop a greater kingdom perspective? To develop a greater kingdom perspective for yourself, for your family, for others. Just take a moment just to think about that. What does it look like to develop a greater kingdom perspective for yourself, for your family, and for others? Holy Spirit, I ask that you would confirm to my friends what it is that you're speaking to them. You want to partner with them. That you want to release to them greater revelation of who you are and of who they are in Christ. I know that you are for them. And even as we look at this passage of Scripture in Ephesians, we see how the Apostle Paul is just gushing out about the richness of the kindness and grace that you have for us. That he is repeatedly saying to us, that we are an inheritance in Christ, that we are united in Christ. We are chosen and dearly loved. Help us to grasp hold of this truth, this reality, this kingdom reality. Help us to understand what it looks like to do life with you, seated in heavenly places. We're tired of striving. We're tired of trying to make it up on our own. We're tired of the insanity of doing the same thing over and over again, but yet expecting different results. Help us to lay that down as we grab a hold of these new rhythms. And help us to live out of that place of victory. Seeing that you are the source of life. You have the living water. You have everything we need for life and for godliness. And it's because you chose us to dwell with you, to be in a place, a position of honor, position of intimacy, position of clarity, where we can be with you seated in heavenly places. So I ask for my friends that you make that a new paradigm, a new reality 
for each of us. Help us to grasp hold of the tangible parts of that and expand our understanding to be able to grasp hold of the things that are intangible, far beyond what we can comprehend. But yet the truth and the reality of who you are and who we are in Christ. So I speak this blessing over my friends and over myself, knowing that you want to do rich and powerful and amazing things in and through us, in and through the relationships that we are connected with, in and through our spheres of influence in society, and unto the ends of the earth, because our prayers are powerful to be able to destroy strongholds and to bring about life for the least, the last, and the lost. So we give you thanks for this in Jesus' name. I've been talking about the gospel of the kingdom or the gospel of hope. We read about this in Ephesians chapter one. But I know there might be people here or even online they're rustling even to understand the gospel itself. And that's okay. If you're here and you're at this place of wanting to step out of the old, to step out of the madness of the old because you're tired of doing things on your own and not seeing, not seeing any fruit that comes out of it, if you're ready to let go of that and say yes to the way of life that Jesus offers. I want to invite you to be able to take hold of this gospel of hope. Nothing else is going to satisfy. The things of this world, the philosophies, the ideas and assumptions of who God is or how to get to God, these things aren't going to work. But I want to encourage you to take hold of the good news that Jesus has for you. He says that there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for us. He laid down his life, willing to die, willing to sacrifice willing to pay the ultimate cost in order to give us life. And here's where the good news really comes to a place of where the rubber meets the road. Not only did he die for us, but he rose again victorious over the grave, over sin, over death. And because of that, he has the authority offer to us new life, new hope. And so my encouragement to you today is if you want to receive new life in Christ, you're tired of the old, you're tired of trying to make it on your own, 
and you want to embrace what God has for you, then stand up right now. We'll pray with you. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of the gospel. Thank you for the victory that is in it. Earlier, we took communion, representing your body that was broken upon the cross for our healing and your blood that was shed for our forgiveness of sins and for our peace. We say yes to you. We say yes to the victory that we have in you. We choose to let go of the old and embrace the new that is found in you. The Apostle Paul writes, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we say yes and amen to that of the new life that you want to do in and through our friends. Letting go of the old and embracing the gospel of hope. Embracing a new paradigm, a new way of life where the past is washed away. and exchanged for life in Christ. So we say yes and amen to that. Jesus, your friend Peter wrote to us. And he says that we are a chosen generation a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of the darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. So we say yes and amen that you're calling all of us, you're inviting us to be a people of God, walking in a new way, walking in new light, a new perspective walking in new hope that is found in the gospel of Christ. We say yes and amen to this. And we give you thanks for how you want to work it out in us individually and corporately as a body. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to close out here in a few minutes, and I'm going to invite the prayer team to come on up. If you have any sort of thing that's on your heart that you desire prayer for, it could be for physical healing, it could be for just stuff that's just on your plate, I want to invite you to come on up and seek out one of these people and pray with them. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace.